Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. All right, so good morning. Welcome to Into the Lab birthday episode in the usual Friday morning slot, continuing season one with your sports scientists. This is episode 46, and I'm your host, Ernest Silva. You can find me at the Sport Gene and powered by the mothership, Blue Collar Media Group, where we are back with some more hoops today and some baseball trivia. This show is coming to you from the beautiful island of South Padre down in South Padre Island, Texas, but your favorite sports analysts are coming from all over the world. Let's go ahead and announce her and take it away with our team. And now, tonight's starting lineup. From Bali, Indonesia, a beverage connoisseur, wrestling expert for Blue Collar Media, Twitter handle at Dre2124, Dre Rogers. So obviously, before I introduce myself, I think we should do the happy birthday because it is a special <laughs> birthday episode today. So what does everybody think? I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to go Giannis. You. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear that tomorrow. Yeah, that's so that's so odd to sing. So hopefully the internet cut out there, but appreciated Dre. I do appreciate it a lot. Let's go ahead and switch over to somebody else making a comeback today from Pittsburgh. Football hockey gambling writer for the Blue Collar Media Group, Twitter handle at Steel Curtain PEH. Glad to have you back. The most interesting name in the world, Paul. What's What's going on, guys? Out of the, out of the Corona bubble and back on the scene. So uh, let's have some fun tonight. <laughs> glad to have you back, glad buddy. To have to, glad to have you back, buddy. Yes, sir. Thanks, Dre. That's going to take us to our Eastern Conference breakdown, and that's going to be starting off in the Atlantic Division. Chris Remick, you're on my screen. This is your division. Some people think a winner is coming out with the NBA championship from this division, so talk to us about it. Oh, it definitely is, and I'll start right off with them. The Boston Celtics, the only Eastern Conference team that is top five in offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating, only Eastern Conference team. Um, they're highly efficient. They're ranked eighth in turnover percentage, so the pickup of pace to get into condition I don't think will affect them as much. I think in the beginning they will kind of struggle to kind of have everyone back because they've kind of – limped through this season having people on and off um also they're number fourth in the league in player impact estimate which um in a team uh statistic any team above 50 um which there are about 14 teams above 50 right now are 
uh, projected to be winning teams. Boston's ranked fourth, which means as a team, they're one of the best. So they don't necessarily rely on a singular player. Um, so I think they'll really thrive in that. Um, they do have a relatively easy schedule, in my opinion. Um, they do play Milwaukee and Toronto, and those will obviously be challenging games for them. Uh, but the rest of them, I think, are very winnable games. They play the Wizards twice. They play Brooklyn once. They play Portland and Memphis, and then they play Miami. Um, and it really uh, – those results really come out to how – they play because we've obviously seen throughout the season Celtics have struggled in random moments. Uh, the infamous uh, Ish Smith uh, go off against the Wizards, how he led the Wizards to victory in that shocking game. Um, so honestly, you could see Wizards might split with them. It really is a toss up, but I think the Celtics go a solid five and three um, in this eight game span. Um, I'll move on to the Brooklyn Nets, and I'll be very brief because that's exactly what their time in Orlando will be. Um, brief, because uh, we don't exactly know what the culture is here. And the mo most important thing that's going to come out, and it's really going to be highlighted, especially for these playoffs, um, just because of the circumstances, um, three important factors. It's going to be coaching, culture, and chemistry. Um, and the Nets have none of that. They don't. They fired Atkinson. They ruined their culture. Atkinson really built that place up, and they kind of destroyed it. Um, Kyrie stirring the pot, trying to make his own league and start a player coalition. Um, don't exactly know. He left the group chat after that hit the press, so you don't really know where the trust trust is at with his teammates and really what the vibe is. Um, so overall, I think uh, the Nets also have a mediocre schedule. They play the Clippers twice, Sacramento, Boston, Portland. Um, and uh, Washington, and I think they just go a two and six here. Um, they might be able to snag a game or two here. I think they'll beat Washington and Orlando, Orlando at least once. But um, yeah, I did not too, uh, not too great of an outing for the Brooklyn Nets here. And uh, moving on to the Sixers, once again, chemistry and culture are kind of up in the air here. Because uh, Embiid and Simmons, they were kind of struggling at the end, and they both got hurt. And it's kind of just been on and off. Embiid's been frustrated with Simmons. It's been kind of documented how he wants Simmons to try and improve his shooting ability and really stretch out the floor. And Simmons just has really no interest in doing that. Um, but the Sixers, regardless, they are eighth in uh, player impact estimates. So they are overall a very solid team. Um, a lot of that is from their home court advantage, which will be interesting to see because there is no home court advantage now. So um, it's really just going to be uncharted territory for everyone. I think that they're talented enough to fight through it, but I don't think that they'll be this great dominant team in this eight game stretch. Um, I think they go four and four here. Um, with wins coming against Washington, Phoenix, Orlando, and the Kings. I mean, the Spurs. And um, then losses to Indiana, uh, Toronto, Portland, and Houston. Um, I think they'll drop those games. And then finally, uh, moving on to the Toronto Raptors. Um, they're finally healthy, just like the Celtics. Um, they've been battling injuries all season. They are fifth in uh, player impact estimates, so they're – overall collectively a very solid team um 
they're second in defensive rating, so that's really going to benefit them, um, especially at times where the offense is kind of getting into motion in this eight-game span. Uh, They're number one in fast break points. Um, They're a team that's known for their intense defense. They really like to get out and run, and I think that will work perfectly um, with this situation. And um, they – they face some tough uh, teams like Milwaukee, Denver, and the Lakers, and I think they could potentially drop that game uh, against Denver. They might uh, steal that one, but I think Milwaukee and Los Angeles, they'll uh, drop those games. And then um, along with Denver, Miami's uh, definitely a toss-up game that they could win or lose uh, depending on the situation. I think the Raptors go 5-3 and three here, um, around the same as the Celtics, and I think the top seeds relatively stay the same. Let's open up the floor on, on the Atlantic division. Did anything pop out to you guys that you don't agree with? Uh, kind of straightforward with the Celtics. I think everybody considers them a, a borderline contender for some, for most a contender for sure. Um, anything pop out to you guys or anything that, that Chris missed? Nailed it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Atlantic, it, it's two teams that can contend, and there's two teams that have a lot of identity issues that they need to figure out. Like, obviously, Philly's roster looks good, but the chemistry is non-existent. And right. so I, I don't even consider them a factor. I think if you had to rank them, like, I would have Toronto as the best odds out of all of them. They've got five guys averaging over 16 points per game this year. Like, they've got a lot of balance scoring. They're a deep team. They're playoff tested. I mean, they won the title last year. Let's not forget that. It wasn't just Kawhi that won them the title. Like, Siakam was phenomenal in the finals. People always underrate Kyle Lowry for some reason. I think it's just because he plays, like, a really weird style. But, I I mean, the Celtics, like, they're talented as well. Like, they just don't have the experience. Obviously, that they're winning the title, but – you know, there's some weird stuff in that water in Bali, but I, <laughs> you know, I, and then Philly, yeah, they're just, they're a mess. Brooklyn's a mess. We've been covering the Philly and Brooklyn messes all season long. And none of us thought for sure that they were contenders that they had what was it would take for a while. We thought Philly was going to get broken up this year for all the drama coming out of the locker room. Um, I, I, I put the Celtics slightly ahead of Toronto myself um, I like the chemistry of Boston. I like the bench. I, I don't think Toronto has the it factor for the playoffs. I don't know who's the clutch shot maker in the, in the final two minutes on that team. So I have to see it to believe it. Um, let's, let's go next. I mean, Paul is back, right? Paul is back in action. He's with the blue collar media group in the background. We're all excited to see you back, bud. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, what division are you covering today? We got the South and East today. So, um, basically, Washington, I don't even know why they're there. Um, I don't think they'll be there very long. Uh, you know, probably, you know, two and six out of this, maybe one and seven. Uh, I, I just don't really know why they got put in there um, at all. Uh, Orlando, I like what the Magic are doing, but – and I'm kind of interested to see how it plays with – they're basically staying home. Um, you know, I know they're still going to be in the bubble with these guys, but, you know, they've been down there. Is that going to be an advantage or not an advantage? Have they been together? Um, 
but still that there I don't think there's any really contenders out of this. I mean, Miami's obviously um, the best one, but we've said over and over this year, you know, really who is going to be the guy for them when it matters most. So um, just out of this division, I just don't see any real contender. I, I, I'm not going to put Miami in there with Boston, Milwaukee, or uh, <clears throat> Toronto. I'm just not. I, I agree too, Paul. I think Miami just needs time more than yeah. anything else. Like like Bam Adebayo had a great season. And then obviously they've got like Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, like a lot of young guys. But like, I mean, the, I don't know. They're going to get matched up with like Indiana or Philly. And I think that that's just not good matchups for them overall. So right. I could see them being that top four seed that, possibly loses in the first round. Yeah, Scoring's I agree. just going to be an issue for them. Yeah. Scoring will be an issue the entire series. Whatever series goes, any long series, they won't be able to last. So I agree completely. All right. So we're going to wrap this segment up as well. Kenny, I left you for last. I was going to say best for last, but you're already under a couple of, uh, you know, I don't Have even I been know pushing you. your buttons? Is that what you're no. saying? Yeah, there you go. That's the, that's okay. the saying right there. Okay, no, so Kenny, take, it, take it away with that central division that seems to be very popular. I mean, it's it's not a good division. Like, the <laughs> Chicago, Detroit, and Cleveland are all just absolute dumpster fires. We're going we're gonna to see what happens with them over the next few years. They've got some decent players on their rosters, but – Detroit's going to be the worst team in basketball next year. But uh, as far as playoff teams go, I mean, you've got Indiana, fifth seed in the East. Schedule looks pretty good for them. Philly, Miami, Phoenix, Orlando, the Rockets, Kings, Clippers, Lakers. They'll probably go four and four, five and three over that stretch. They're a really well-balanced team. They've got seven guys who average double-digit scoring. So I don't think scoring's necessarily going to be a problem for them. Uh, TJ Warren and Sabonis led them this year, but this team, it ultimately boils down to Victor Oladipo because, I mean, he came back from injury, hasn't been able to find his legs. He's only putting up 13 points per game after that really awful injury last year. I mean, if he doesn't figure it out, then Indiana's going to be going home early because while they have a lot of good guys, they have no great guys on this team unless Oladipo can be that person. So uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect too much from Indiana unless Oladipo having this time off, maybe figuring it out in the gym a bit. Uh, but I wouldn't be too worried about them. And then obviously you've got Milwaukee, who are the best team in the East, I think, by far. But it's mostly just because the East is generally pretty weak. Um, Milwaukee's got a pretty easy schedule. Uh, Boston, Miami, the Grizzlies, Wizards twice, Rockets, Mavs, Raptors. They'll probably go like six and two over that stretch. Like they might just just drop a couple games because seeding doesn't really matter. They're going to be the best seed in the conference, so they're not really playing for a whole lot. Giannis is going to be MVP again, 29-13 and six. He's been phenomenal this year. But if you had to pick an X factor for this team, it has to be Chris Middleton. You know, they dumped all this money into him this summer to be Giannis's number two option, and – he was awful last year. I mean, in the East Finals last year, he had one game where he scored over 15 points against Toronto. 
other than that, it was like 14, 11, 12. Like that's not a number two option, not on a championship team. So that's why I do think that the champion's going to come from the West unless he figures it out because like Milwaukee might be able to roll through because of Giannis. But if Giannis then has to play series against guys like Kawhi or LeBron or whoever it ends up being out West, I just don't see them making much noise. Guys like Lopez, DiVincenzo, Bledsoe, they're all role players. They're nothing. They're not going to give you 30 points when you need it in like a do or die game. That guy's got to be Middleton. And so if he doesn't, if he's not going to be that guy, then I think Milwaukee could be in a bit of trouble. But uh, they are still the best team in the Eastern Conference, basically due to Giannis. So. Honestly, when it comes to the East, I really don't see what seeds matter anymore. There's no home court advantage as of right now. So um, it's just going to be a number next year name. You've already made the playoffs, um, except for the random one off game chance of the Washington Wizards. But we won't even talk about that. So um, I, I think I think overall, I think Oladipo um, does make a huge benefit from this hiatus, from the time off, giving getting him healthy and giving the Pacers a chance to really test a, a healthy rotation. So um, thanks for the coverage, Kenny, as, as always. Um, love it, man. And uh, that takes us to our featured segments and the start of baseball. And we're going to bring in the man who has waited quietly in the shadows over here, rubbing his hands together, Lucas Bagnera. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. There's probably the most action people I've ever gotten for baseball is happening right now without them even playing a single game. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like- Almost as good as an MTV series, man. So it's quite interesting what's going on. Obviously, you have, uh, you know, the negotiations. You have everything going on with the Yankees and the Red Sox with sign stealing. And on top of that, we did have a draft that's kind of being washed away by the immaturity of the MLB and MLBPA. But uh, good times to be a baseball fan. More so angry. Um, I guess let's talk about the updates with MLB and, and when we're going to play. Um, so the, the <clears throat> original, so originally back and forth, MLB and MLBPA have not been getting along. And up until the uh, middle of June, about two day, or three days ago, there was some forward movement. Um, the MLBPA did not necessarily agree with that. I think the MLB um, commissioner, who is probably – I don't know. Would you guys agree the best commissioner in sports history? <laughs> I thought Batman was bad. I thought Batman was bad, but Manfred's just taking it to a whole nother level. No, one day he wants to say we're going to play, and then two days later say I don't know if we're going to have a season. I and I, I think all of this is is a genius ploy by him to just uh, stall the season so that MLB's playing less games. He's got to pay the players less money. He knew, he knew, I think from the get go, if MLB was going to start and players were going to play, he needed to give them a hundred hundred percent of their prorated commission. But yet he's been fiddling around with the 40%, the 50%, the 85%. And um, it's gone both ways to where uh, the only forward traction that we've gotten in the last two months has actually surfaced um, today. Um, or actually yesterday on the 17th. So the MLB proposed a 60-game season, um, which he uh, Manfred said that he would pay the players 100% prorated cost. However, MLBPA and the players seem to want around 40% of what their salary is going to be. So that would be roughly 65 games. 
of course, players are going to counter with a little bit more. And so they countered just recently about, uh, I don't know, the surface about five hours ago, uh, a 70 game season, uh, 100% prorated fee, which would give them a little over 40% of what their salaries would be. Uh, but the MLB declined almost immediately after. Um, so again, we're at a standstill. Um, we're, we're in hopes of, of starting back in July. Uh, July 19th is supposedly when things should be going if it, it's roughly a 60 or 70 game season. But um, still, to, I mean, once you think there's forward movement, it kind of stops. But hopefully MLB will counter with a 65 game, and, and which is kind of what the MLB players seem to want. Um, it's just to get 40%. Um, I keep seeing that number pop up a lot of places and they don't want to settle for less. What are y'all, what, what's everyone's uh, thoughts on that? Cutting out super bad, Ernest. Because I want your hot take on this. Well, I'd say that again, Ernest. You were cutting out a bit. Ernest? Dead. The commission's gone. Dead. So what, what's everyone's take on, on MLB and MLBPA right now? It's a joke. It's a total joke. I mean, this should have been an easy solve. I mean, you know, they should have this should have been this should have been solved with this what this plan is right now six weeks ago. Absolutely. And they could have came back and been America's sport again. But now again. they've you know, they've just turned into a big joke. It has, and it's almost to the point where diehard baseball fans are, are, are bitter about it and and don't have an interest right now. Um, it's conflicting for many people. It's, is, is the MLB being selfish? Are, are the players just, I mean, it's all about playing. It's all about the love for the sport. It's all about, you know, baseball and, and getting out there and on the diamond. You would think that if they were to just get on, regardless of the deal, they would enjoy what they're doing. Um, but there's just so much going on between it's the relationship and the dynamic, to be honest. I don't, I don't know how much longer this commissioner is going to last with the relationship between the players and with MLB. It does not seem healthy. It doesn't seem good for the sport. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't have really anything posit positive to say. I guarantee you that we don't have baseball in 2022. I guarantee you we don't. They're going to put their foot in the ground, and there's not going to be any baseball in the next CBA. There's not. That's going to be that's going to be brutal. That's going to be a brutal fight. After yeah, all this, not, I, I mean, nothing right now. Nothing surprises me, and, and that and that's a good point to bring up. Um, all negotiation talks are talking about extended playoffs through 2022, and um, after that is up in the air. And and you know I'm. I think Manfred needs to get it together or he needs to find 
or, or MLB needs to find a way and MLBPA needs to find a way to, to get someone new in there to, to stop. I mean, listen, baseball already struggles to gain right. the viewership that, that it really deserves. Um, again, baseball is an intricate sport that, that few really can enjoy watching a three and a half hour game. Um, now, when you have someone who, you know, when you have a commissioner that, that is not behind its players, you, now we're talking about a, a sport that is collapsing. Not to mention what, what's going to be the future of the, the minor leagues and the people that oh. just got drafted. Um, it, it's, yeah, baseball's got a scary next two, three years ahead of them. Total disaster with that draft. Total disaster. I mean, it you was. just released the whole, the whole minor leagues, and now you don't even know if you can sign these guys, if, you know, what's going to go on with them. It's just, it's just a total mess. Yep. Um, I, I was surprised to see how many. I was surprised to see how many seniors, how many high school seniors that didn't get a baseball season, uh, that that were drafted. I thought a lot of people were going to go more for the the college rounds, but a lot of high school drafts that were picked, and it was actually quite quite nice to to see. The Bryce are Stephen. What's Ryan. going on, fellas? What's Steven going on, fellas? Paul, I forget your last name. Yeah, just Paul. <laughs> Yeah, just Paul. That's right, just Paul. The sport gene left. I just got here. He might be dead. We don't know. He might be killed oh, on okay. Padre Island. He's he's okay, uh, so. muted. Rough, rough, yeah, rough connection right now. Um, yeah. So I, I guess covering there. There he is. He's still slow motion robot style. Ernest, you back with us? No. All right. No. Good talk. No. Oh. All right. Wow. Well. I, I guess I decided to top in. Who's that? Oh, there's Drayback. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> so, I guess final, final words for baseball as far as the negotiations go. I mean, you know, I, I think the difference between a 60 and 70 game season for the MLB to pay out is $225 million. If they could cut that in half to $125 million more than they have to pay out, I think that's going to be the sweet spot. I think if the MLB just, just comes back and says 65 games, 100% prorated, we're going to have baseball by July 19th. But if, if they're not willing to go up by – I mean, we're talking about five games. This is what the MLB has, has requested, has been wanting. Players have been out there saying that they want 40%. If they don't – the MLB does not accept a 65 game. Um, it, it, it's going to be pretty ugly. It, it, I mean, more ugly than it already is. <laughs> I mean, it's um, over. It's but, over if they don't. I mean, it's over. Because you're talking about you're talking about having to get everybody to wherever, you know, they got to be. And to get – you're going to have to have at least a couple weeks of training camp at least. Players have said – or players and coaches, baseball has decided minimum. It's going to be probably three weeks spring training. Right. So that's today almost to get yeah. to July 19th. Yeah, we got about probably they, – they have about nine days of bullshitting left if they want game one to be on July 20th. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I guess we'll, we'll move forward over to some draft stuff. I, I kind of made a list of my top five favorite draft picks. Anybody want to comment first? Was there any, any draft players that kind of stuck out to you? Any stories that kind of ring a bell? Uh, the Red Sox drafted a guy with an awesome name. Who's that? Blaze Jordan. 
played Jordan. I don't I don't know I don't know anything about him, but like he's got a cool name. So I will say, being being a Yankee fan, I put for my favorite draft pick, my number one favorite draft pick, I rated from the Boston Red Sox, Nick York, who would have been available the next round 100%. He was in no one's top 100 pick. But for some reason, Boston wanted to pick him up first. He swings for average, barely has an arm for shortstop, had surgery um, under two years ago. So I, that was my favorite pick of the draft. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard they reached on him a little bit. I don't, I don't follow baseball that much, especially not uh, college ball to really know anything about him. That's a lot of people. What is going on? Yeah, I hear everyone kind of cutting out, but um, sports enjoy. All right, so Ernest isn't moving in slow motion. Is he back? I can hear. There okay. he is. <laughs> I'm back. All right. All right, there he is. Whew, that was a close one. All right, I had to assign Lucas as a host. Sorry he's about that, buddy. Connecting to audio. Is he here? <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it how people sound when they have COVID? Oh, <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, so I guess I'll move on to my second. Uh, my second, uh, I, I made a top five, and not necessarily in order, but I think the Angels, they, they, their first draft was uh, Reed Detmers. Uh, he's a <laughs> really filthy lefty. Uh, He's got a fastball around the low 90s, 92, 91, uh, great breaking ball stuff. And Angels Angels are desperate for a good starter. Um, this is someone that I think could develop through the minor leagues pretty pretty quickly uh, with enough action uh, if there's if there's a minor league to to play games with. So um, the Tigers. Tigers were next. Uh, out of my top five, four were American League. Um, the Tigers are number three on my list with Spencer Torkelson. To be honest, I think that was probably the best draft pick. Um, he, he dropped further than I think most people expected him to. He's an infielder and a center fielder. Uh, he's got a bunch of versatility. Um, speed is there. I, I truly believe out of the draft pick, he's probably going to be working back up in the majors in about um, three years, two years. Um, Uh, next I had on my list was for the Blue Jays, Austin Martin. Um, this dude is probably considered a five-tool player. He's explosive. He makes contact all day long. He's got speed in there. Um, he's going to have high on-base percentage. He's going to have a high average. Um, he developed really nicely in Vanderbilt. Um, as a matter of fact, his head coach in Vanderbilt said uh, he, he was asked to make a comment on on uh, – on Austin and he was watching the last dance documentary and he said every time he'd watch an episode he couldn't help but compare uh, Austin Martin to to Michael Jordan and what he how his competitiveness and, and his game style is and his leadership um, so I think that's a pretty good pitch and uh, my only national league in the top five for me was uh, Garrett Mitchell from the Brewers uh, reason why he's one of my favorites is just because he is a slugger he's got power the dude is a beast. 
Uh, when he's up in the majors, he is going to drop bombs left and right field. Um, so that's going to be exciting to watch as he develops and, and makes his debut. Now, Lucas, I was <clears throat> in and out of that segment, and I apologize for that. But did I miss the Yankees coverage? No. As a matter of fact, you're right on time if you want to start it off. No, that's perfect, Lucas. I'd love to take your take on it as the Yankees cheated in 2017 as well. <laughs> and why don't, why don't they want that unsealed? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, to be honest, I, th I think it, if any team was in the situation um, for player reputation, I think they're going to want it unsealed. Um, I think there's names that are listed on there that would kind of sabotage some of these players. Um, obviously, the Yankees especially, but MLB in general, with in general, um, are all about the image that the players um, portray and, and their their influence uh to the fans of mlb and so i think that the yankees are wanting to cover a lot of that just because it's going to hurt a lot of players reputations um but for those of you that don't have any uh idea of kind of what's going on so this has been dating back for a long time um and uh even mark Teixeira commented through 2009 2016 commented yeah the, the yankees were using technology uh to to do uh an old time trick uh which is sign stealing i mean it's it's not it's not absurd i mean i you know when i was on base at second base i try to look into the catcher's side i mean everyone is always trying to get their advantage in baseball whether it's steroids whether it's stealing signs whether it's finding a pattern to find your way to win the game it's something that has happened it doesn't mean that cheating's a good thing um but um that's kind of been the history of baseball um especially now that technology is available um, but it wasn't until 2018 where the commissioner actually put text into, you know, into effect that said, um, you can no longer use technology basically for your advantage. And as of right now, everything that the Yankees are being accused of, as well as the Red Sox, the Red Sox are tied into this, uh, and the, and Astros. the Astros, and the Astros, everything is, is prior to. 2018. Um, in Repeat it for that, the fans in the back, Lucas. Repeat it for the fans true. in the back. I want you to say that statement again. It's true. <laughs> Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, they all did it prior to this becoming an issue and being written as a rule. That's um, going to be 100%. the segment I play when we preview and, the episode. And, and, and I will. I do have to note that the Yankees have not won any World Series in that time. And the Red that, Sox that, have I, won four in the past one past years. Just, Yep. Just to throw that out there, if it matters to anyone. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I will say, I said it in the beginning of this, uh, the beginning of the podcast, uh, Yankees are just really bad at cheating. That's fair. That's fair. And Lucas, I'm glad I have somebody that represents and the Yankees. And finishing because... off the playoff series. They're bad at that, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I speak on behalf of Dre and I as Astros fans. We've had to deal with Yankee, Red Sox, ridiculousness for the past half year now with trash can gate and technology usage when now it's come out that you guys both have used similar cheating tactics and i must say the word cheating because it is cheating we were just better at it and that is that i mean that's all it is and that's why you're so upset is that the astros beat you at your own game i know so it's not you personally lucas yeah i mean most fans i would agree to that. Um, yeah, most fans I would agree. I think I think I think what separates it for me. What separates it for me is that there there is nobody 
in the MLB that I think benefited more from sign stealing or cheating, as you said, than Jose Altuve. It, it blows my mind how in the year 2017, um, the dude at home was batting near 400. I think it was even over 400 and on the road. He was almost sub two. Um, that, those are pretty substantial numbers. Um, for, for a guy who won an MVP. Um, what are Aaron Judge's? God. Aaron Judge's stats on the road and at home? 391 <laughs> and 187. Those are the sim- similar numbers to what – I mean, the 200 difference is very similar. So when we talk about uh, – So what, what are Mookie Betts' numbers on the road and at home? So are you guys basically oh, he, saying that Mookie Betts is the best and these other two guys are overrated? Wow. No, I think it's similar. It's just like a 150, though. It's, it's a spread, though. The, the, spread, the spread does, does – but what's interesting is that the Astros in 2019, 2018, 2017 actually as a team batted better on the road than at home. So their system, although they cheated, they were batted it too because they obviously weren't batting as well at home, just like the Yankees weren't either. Well, actually, the Yankees were bat- batting better. They just couldn't finish games. So, so I just had, I had to take that take and, and, and put that in there. Um, uh, although I, I appreciate and love the segment, Lucas, um, it's, our, come prepared. it's the Astros, prepared. it's the Astros batting back literally and figuratively into the conversation, but talking about budding heads, Christopher Pinto has been waiting for the trivia segment of the decade to be coming up baseball coming at you next. This segment was brought to you by Taquito Express, where you can get tacos for $7.99, all you can eat, Dre's favorite, Steve wishes he had it in Brownsville, Texas. So thank you very much, Taquito Express. And we switch to the home and home trivia segment, MLB style. Christopher Pinto from Belly Up Sports representing the away team. Lucas Bagnera, our ITL baseball champion, representing the home team. It's mono e mono as the Labsters have forfeited this week as they, they were a no-show. So here's how it works. If you are new to ITL trivia, there's $25 gift card on the line for Christopher. And Christopher is looking for revenge as he knows that Blue Collar had the first win of the season in the recent podcast. And Stephen Parr, very proud that ITL were the winners of that network battle. Christopher trying to get the revenge against Lucas. And so here we go. How it's going to work, we're going to take question MLB all-time and maybe some for cheating and winning the 2017 World Series. A, Boston Red Sox. B, New York Yankees. C, Los Angeles Dodgers. Or D, the Houston Astros. Ernest, I'm going to need you to repeat the first part of the question. I, I think I already know the answer, but I just want to be 100% for sure. This team was exploited for cheating and winning the 2017 World Series. A, Boston Red Sox. B, New York Yankees. C, Los Angeles Dodgers. D, Houston Astros. D. How about you, Christopher? The Astros. That would be the Astros. So, Lucas and Christopher both get a point, and the winning part is what's most important, as the rest all did cheat. Number two, this player was featured in the movie 42. 
A, Jackie Robinson, B, Juana Mann, C, Ivan Rodriguez, or D, Derek Jeter? Jackie Robinson. 42, Jackie Robinson. I was going to lean Juana right. Mann, but <clears throat> we're going to go Jackie. <laughs> I was worried that would trip you guys up. That's two apiece, and so the podcast battle starting off heated. I told you guys I'd throw you some easy ones. It's going to get much much more difficult in 2019 in 2019 the total amount of home runs hit was broken how many total home runs were hit in the mlb a 7777 b 7667 C, 6,889, or D, 6,776? I'll start it off because I don't know. I'm going to go with C. I'm going to go with Belly C Belly Up well. Sports picking C. Both IT on Belly Up Sports banking on C, and those are both incorrect. So the score stays tied. The answer was D, 6,776. Of course, guys, we all knew that. Number four is in the books. Here we go. Number four. In 2019, this player hit a home run in each of his team's first four games to be the only the sixth player in history to do so. A, Christian Yellick. B, Carlos Correa. C, Mike Trout. Or D, Joey Gallo. I'm going to go with Mike Trout because that's the only name I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Say the options again. A, Christian Yellick, B, Carlos Correa, C, Mike Trout, or D, Joey Gallo? I want to say Correa. This is going Correa. He's going to tug at my heartstrings. Chris is going with Mike Trout. It is actually Chris. Christian Yellick, he was the season. Let's go to question five. We are to 19. This player became the third player in history to record 2,000 RBIs. A, Nelson Cruz. B, Albert Pujols. C, Yadier Molina. Or D, Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano. Pujols. It is Pujols. ITL pulls up by one and at the halfway point into the lab leads three to two. I'll tell you what, Christopher, you are close. The Labsters last week were close and our guest podcast. So you still have a chance at this. Give them hell in the last part of this segment. I promise you it's going to be fun. Number six, who leads the MLB in home runs? A, Babe Ruth. B, Hank Aaron. C, Barry Bonds. Or D, Alex Rodriguez. Barry Bonds got big head. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is correct, and ITL stays up by one. Four, three, going to question number seven. Ernest, the real answer is Hank Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> number seven, this player leads the MLB in steals all time. A, Jose Altuve. B, Ricky Henderson. C, Ty Cobb. D, Vince Coleman. I'm a pencil in answer with Willie Mays Hayes from the Indiana, the, uh, the, the 
the Cleveland Indians. Uh, <laughs> so gonna, I mean, B. <laughs> Lucas, how about you? It is Ricky Henderson. You both are correct. Good guess there for Christopher. He stays in the game. 5-4 going to question number eight. Who leads the MLB in singles hit all time? A, Ty Cobb. B, Pete Rose. C, Derek Jeter. D, Ichiro Suzuki. I'm going to go Pete Rose because I like his gambling habits. (laughs) Ty Cobb. It is Pete Rose. We are tied after question eight. Christopher is launching this upset. Lucas scrambling in his bag. We are going to questions nine and ten here. Question nine. If you have been hit by a pitch 287 times, you would lead the Major League Baseball. Who are you? A, Craig Biggio. B, Jason Kendall. C, Jason Giambi. Or D, Huey Jennings. With my gut, I'm going to go with Huey because I like Huey in the news. Good band. So, probably wrong, but I'm going to go with that. Huey, New- Huey Lewis in the news. I'm sorry. Repeat it again. The, the options. Craig Biggio, Jason Kendall, Jason Giambi, or Huey Jennings? I'm going to go with Jason Giambi because he's just a bigger dude. ITL and Belly Up Sports in this rematch are tied at five apiece. This is question number nine. Biggest question, pivotal question. It is a hit-by-pitch question that nobody researched, and Belly Up takes the lead into the final question. It is Huey Jennings. We are going to question 10. Can Belly Up Sports Claim back a championship from Blue Collar, number 10. Which team leads the MLB in championships? The New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Ernest did me like that. Yankees. It is the Yankees, and Lucas knows he's gone down. Belly up sports pulls the upset against ITL. Christopher, you have won. This week's challenge, I am shocked right now. He is shocked right now. Lucas is scrambling in his bag. Christopher, I'm giving you your winning speech now. Go ahead and tell the audience. Uh, give them your, win- your winner's circle speech. I mean, first of all, guys, y'all have a great podcast. I love all of y'all. This has been so much fun. I mean, talking to you, Ernest, at the beginning of the week, I had nothing to – Nothing to do except watch the Rookie of the Year, the Sandlot, and Major League. So I came in with Ricky, Wild Thing, Vaughn, Willie Mays, Hayes, uh, he- Henry Rowan Gardner, the pitcher, and, uh, you know, and Benny the Jet Rodriguez. You know, no, that's I what I just said. You know, I was muted. But I was not expecting to take this down. My gut told me something. Uh, I'm gonna thank first God, second my wife, third my daughter, <laughs> girl in the world. Everyone stay away from her. She's gonna go Amish later. Uh, but man, it's been awesome. Fun. 
I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. Let, let me tell you something. You've come on on probably one of the worst episodes we've had in probably a good two and a half months with connection issues, but I appreciate you sticking so far. And don't leave anywhere because you haven't even heard Triple T's with Steve yet. Well, I'm going to wrap up this segment. Lucas. I know you finished in a very close second. You had a great run. You were leading most of that way. You got caught from behind. How do you feel right now? It could be. It could be better. So, so let me let me real quick. The last uh, repeated for 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 Stephen. The last question was what and what was the answer? Uh, the, the last question was which team has cheated the most and won the most championships in MLB history? Oh, and, and the um, answer was uh, the New York Yankees. By the way, Lucas, how many of those uh, championships were before 1940? Hey, we had a rough decade, okay? We had a rough <laughs> decade. I don't want to talk yeah, about Yeah, and I rough six years. <laughs> well, let's All go right. back to the, the question before that, Ernest, where the Astros cheating really started. And Craig Vigio and that ridiculous fucking elbow Patty wore. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, game geez. changer. The James oh. in baseball. <laughs> in reality, had a great time. I appreciate it. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Look forward to next time. I'll tell you what, Christopher, keep a lookout. You. Sports and the Blue Collar uh, Media Group, we have a big competition happening. We have a tiebreaker upon us, boys. So we are going to have to have our tiebreaker episode, and that is going to be in the near future. So keep a lookout for that. But thank you so much for competing the trivia segment. Again, that was our home-and-home home trivia, home field advantage trivia, that, and that is brought to you by the wonderful – Taquito Express, where you can get your tacos for $7.99, all you can eat down in the beautiful Brownsville, Texas, which I'm only 15 minutes from, so fantastic. Maybe I'll see some of y'all there. But that takes us to our final segment of the night, where we're going to be brought home with some laughter and some very cringeworthy Twitter takes. Terrible Twitter takes with Steve. That's triple T's with Steve, for all of you who are used to that segment. Steve, I'm going to let you take it away, bud. Well, ah. Uh... This week wasn't as bad as last week was. I will. I have to preface that it. it was not nearly as horrible as last week was. But there, there are still some golden ones in there. Um, first, I not to touch on the racism subject here much, but I, I was told that Boston openly practices segregation, and that like we actually have segregated fucking public places, and uh, that's. Can we just stop making shit up to have something to talk about? Sorry, it's trucked on by. Um, okay, so to the sports takes, I have um, this one. This one was funny. Uh, Devin Booker has already done enough to go to the NBA Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't. That's terrible. I, yeah, I don't. That's I don't know. I, Maybe the video I, game one. Yeah, like it, <laughs> it, are you talking about like your two K career? Because what? Oh, man. Um, and then next, this Ouch. guy was special. Um, you know, we got a lot of Philly fans that don't understand what a basketball really is. Um, nobody is calling Jason Tatum a superstar. Nobody has ever said that Jason Tatum is one step away from being a superstar. But people compare, Magic, people compare Ben Simmons to Magic Johnson every day, and rightfully so. 
Okay, first of all, Jason Tatum averaged 30 points a game for the last month of the season and was cooking some of the best defenders in the league. You so I don't, I don't know who was it saying that Tatum wasn't a step away from being a superstar. Um, and who the fuck compared Ben Simmons to Magic Johnson? <laughs> who the fuck compared Ben Simmons to Magic Johnson? Whoever you are, stop talking sports for the rest of your life. I need a Twitter handle. Tell me it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, that I'll, take I'll, brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to look up his uh his Twitter handle, um, because that one was just embarrassing. Um, I'll, I have my one pop culture take of the week. This one I saw today was that uh, New Girl, which I've never seen, is a much better show than Friends. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean. I've oh never even gosh. fucking seen New Girl and Friends was nominated for how many fucking Emmys? I don't know. Um, so, to wrap this one up, this, uh, Paul, I, I showed you this list the other day. This is, yeah, this is yeah. a fun one. A um, so, the guy who posted this, he said it's his friend's list, and I do believe him, so I'm not going to rip the guy who posted it. But I have to talk about this top five wide receivers of all time list. So, uh, honorable mention, Plexico Burris. <laughs> oh, my God. It gets worse, guys. Oh, yeah. No, number five, Marvin Harrison. Number four, Reggie Wayne. Because that's not ass backwards at all. Number three, <laughs> Megatron, which I'm not even against Megatron being at number three all the no, time. That, that, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, number two. Oh, God. Theo. Of course, I have to talk about him. Antonio yep. fucking Brown. Get out of here. Wow. And, yep. and, and number one wow. was Randy Moss. Now, yeah. okay, first of all, if, if you don't have Jerry Rice – in yeah. their top five receivers all time. It's completely invalid. You just, just nothing. You're disqualified. Did you say Marvin Harrison? Who, who did you say was in there? Marvin Harrison? Who? Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison at five. Reggie, Reggie Wayne. Wayne at four. Maybe in, maybe in Madden. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, That's not even. Man. Reggie Wayne was definitely no. not higher than fucking Marvin Harrison and Madden. No. <laughs> you were born I, in like 2007. Yeah, and no I, okay, idea. so so I, I have to talk about the honorable mention though. Yeah. The honorable mention is Plexico Burris. And I mean, this is a list that doesn't have like, I don't know, Terrell Owens, Michael Irvin, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Andre Reed, Steve Largent, uh, any of the other dozens of receivers that were much better than Plexico Burris in NFL history. Heinz Ward. Plural. <laughs> oh, oh, Odell Beckham. Right? Julio Jones. Julio, exactly. I, I, Julio I can Jones. even start naming guys that won't make the Hall of Fame. Like, you know, Greg Jennings or something was a better receiver than Plexico Bears. Troy Brown. Tro Troy Brown. Troy Brown's <laughs> great receiver. I don't know why Troy Brown isn't already in the NFL Hall of Fame. That's, that's blasphemy right there. Man, these Twitter takes just keep getting better. And better every week. You know how to find them. And if you want to have your Twitter take exposed, 
Just go ahead and keep having Steve follow you because he will follow all of you 11 to 15 year olds who keep posting the most blasphemous crap. Oh, no, no, I, 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 I don't follow them. I just find the right fucking threads. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, this one today, too. Um, I saw that Patrick Mahomes is already a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retired today. Oh, that's terrible. That's a bad take. Yeah. That's well, a terrible uh, take. Uh, already first or second ballot Hall of Famer if he, if he never played that, another down. That might be the worst one yet. Yeah, that was that was the good way to end end the segment. Steve. <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> As always, we appreciate you, Steve, with your terrible triple T's with Steve or ter- Twitter terrible Twitter takes. That's a tongue twister right there. Uh, brought to you by SATX Rated, where you can get deals, compete for tickets, and find the latest updates in the Alamo City. Find them on all sh- social platforms today. Let's do our final words of wisdom. Let's see who do we have on. We'll start with the comeback kid himself, Paul. Give us your final word off and give everybody some wisdom. Just take care of each other. Be a good human being out there, guys. Don't, you know, it's a lot, it's a bad time in the world, all that, but, but you can be just a good person and a good human being and we'll, everybody will be fine. Love being back, awesome. guys. Awesome. Let's give it to ITL's representative in the trivia, Lucas. Give us your final words of wisdom. Uh, I guess for those of you that don't follow baseball too much, enjoy all the entertainment while it lasts. <laughs> That's kind of some words of desperation there. Let's go to Steve. Um, all right. So uh, because Lucas is here, I'll go with a few things here. Um, the Yankees blew a 3-1 lead in the ALCS. Oh um, the Pedro Martinez is the Yankees' daddy. Uh, fuck Aaron Boone. And the Yankees <laughs> suck. Damn. Shots at, least fired. Threw, at least he threw Aaron Boone in there. Thank you. Fuck Aaron Boone. Let's get the final <laughs> words of wisdom from Suck It Steve or AKA Dre Rogers. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, thing, uh, just to point out what Paul said, just because today uh, there's a big uh, Twitter movement uh, in regards to the wrestling. Uh, a lot of uh, female wrestlers in uh in the overseas market and i mean the more time that goes by the more names that come out obviously but it, it seems that a lot of wrestlers have been uh, sexually harassing a lot of the female talent so, you know <coughs> i guess just to highlight that we do have to be you know good people and treat others like we want to be treated so be, be careful out there and Steve stop cyberbullying those people that do dumb things. <laughs> do I do that? <laughs> I, I thought I'd example uh, of your words of wisdom. Steve. Yeah. I guess I did kind of bully Luke that night. I almost got him fired his first night on the job during the draft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And ha- ha- happy birthday, Dennis. Go, go get yes. your Yes. Sure. With us through the technical difficulties, you stayed on. He's dead. I think she's going to segue me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that. Yeah, I was. Y'all was real fast. Because y'all have been amazing. Y'all have been fun to be a part of. Uh, I can't wait to come back. Um, 
happy birthday. Have a, a great birthday weekend for Ernest. Um, it's a crossover week, so I was on y'all show. Ernest is going to be on mine uh, pretty shortly. Um, it's going to be pretty fun. So on our podcast, we'll have the whole crew back again. So it's kind of like Endgame where I did my own thing, came back, and my whole crew with me. <laughs> awesome. Dude, uh, don't make me bring the whole crew, though. <laughs> don't make me bring the whole crew, then. <laughs> hey, my crew versus y'all's crew, we'd love to get down anytime. You know, Belly Up Sports does not care about anybody. Ow. All right, you, you know what? I got it. Numbers. We're, 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 we're doing a Belly Up versus Blue Collar, all of us, trivia. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I love it. I love it. Um. Real quick, y'all can follow me on Twitter at Aggie um, Or We are. We're doing it. I'm actually really excited. The tiebreaker matchup. I'm actually really excited for it. <laughs> Should be pretty fun. Uh, thank you so much for having me on again, guys. Uh, I hate to take the championship back to belly up, but you know, we will have to be the tiebreaker. Uh, I'll see you on our show, Ernest. Follow me at Aggie Kappa Sig. Uh, big shout out to at Dan Mater. He does MDS uh, Fantasy Belly Up Show. Um, he has his own Twitter and then he handles everything else for us. Um, I love the guy. He's like the godfather for all of us over there. So big shout out to Dan Mater. And uh, we'll see y'all soon. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Never let, me back. Do a, let me do it. Let me do before, before we end today's show, let me do a mic check. Can you guys hear me? Kind of. In and out. No? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, that's better. Yeah? Yeah, okay. How about now? Okay. Yeah, All right. I'll do, a, I'll do a final sign-off real quick. I was saying, Christopher, come on this in. This episode and thank you for being was brought to you show. by Verizon. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, can you hear me now? Uh, but next week, our second NBA trivia is going to be brought on with our guest podcast, Locked on Rockets. They'll be joining us, and our special lapster selected will be Reginald Huggins, who will be coming on to win a $25 gift card. Um, if you want a chance to be a part of our trivia, ha- comment hashtag ELM on any podcast episode post. Our My final words of wisdom is to please be a, a, an advocate or a catalyst of change in your neighborhood. Go vote. It's the most important thing you can do. Um, support the Black Lives Matter movement. And, of course, go on there and don't only be a keyboard warrior. Go make a difference in your community today. <clears throat> this podcast episode was brought to you by all of the podcasters, writers, and contributors for Blue Collar Media Group. If you want to be a part of the family, reach out today. Don't forget hashtag ELM equals every listed matters. We want our show to continue and be a part of your Friday mornings uh, going forward. So listen to our episodes and spread the word. The only way we grow is through you. I was your host, Ernest Silva. On behalf of everyone this morning, apologize for the connectivity. I am on the island. I am enjoying my birthday. Thank you guys for singing happy birthday. I'm going to go enjoy some pizza. You guys have a great weekend. All right. So, Lucas, you are host, so you're going to have to cut the feed on Facebook and the recording since I had to switch it to you. FYI. You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast. Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com. 
or on the Anchor app. And follow the Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Overtime Heroics today.